It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Coming to you live from Calgary, Alberta, where today it is overcast and, well, it's actually pretty warm. It's in the high 20s, which, uh, you know, is kind of warm for here at this time of year. We've had two days where it's been really nice. Saw the sun here for a couple of days, and that is not always the case. I can tell you that, but uh, a little bit different today. The Blue Jackets still have a day of practice before they get to work tomorrow night against the Calgary Flames, fourth game of this five-game road trip. That starts the second half of the season, if you will, and the Blue Jackets have gotten off to a great start here. So far, they have won the first three games on this road trip, winning in Washington, winning it in the final minute in Washington, as a matter of fact, on a Boone Jenner goal to beat the Capitals. And then two nights later, went into Buffalo, had to come back and tie the game after being down 3-1 to one in the third period. Jake Voracek wins it in overtime. And then uh, going on to Montreal on Saturday afternoon, a game that the Blue Jackets were uh, up early in, and then it got uh, tied. And finally, Patrick Line, with just over seven seconds left in the uh, third period in regulation, was able to get the game winner. So uh, the Blue Jackets, that's what they've done so far on this trip. Like I said, it's Calgary coming up tomorrow night and then Chicago on Thursday to round out this road trip. So today is Valentine's Day, and with the Blue Jackets on a three-game winning streak, I can ask you, and you can answer me, what do you love about the Blue Jackets right now? What do you love? If you're with me on Twitter Spaces right now, all you have to do is request to uh, join here, and I'll, I'll bring you up, and you can ask a question, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get it going here and get some good conversation going between you and I talking about the Blue Jackets. But first, I have to tell you about Telhio Credit Union. You know, for a long time, Telhio Credit Union has been doing great service to the people in central and southwestern Ohio, and it's pretty easy to figure out once you – uh, look at their website, figure out what they are, who they are, what they provide, what they can do for you and for your money. It's really just about getting those questions answered, quite frankly. And you can do that by going to tellhio.org. Look around at the things they have. Uh, they have everything from a very simple checking account to a checking account with perks that might really benefit you and might really interest you. Uh, savings account, uh, small business loans, everything. They run the gambit on uh, the things that financially are going to help you to make your life better. So just go to tellhio.org and check it out. If you can't find the answer to a question that you have, and if you're doing it during regular business hours, there's a live chat option on the right-hand side of the screen. Somebody will pop up right there on your screen and answer your questions. Tellhio Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. All right, let's get to it. Let's uh, talk a little Blue Jackets here. And to lead things off, I had a question emailed to me. So that's how we are going to start today. Hey, Bob, it's Paul in Columbus. So the other day I was going through the Blue Jackets stats and checking them out, and there was one that really jumped off the page to me. And maybe this means something. Maybe it means absolutely nothing. I'll let you decide. And I just thought it was interesting. And it revolves around Oliver Bjorkstrand. So even though he has 31 points on the year and he's one of our top contributors, he also has a minus 27 plus minus rating which I guess means he's kind of a weakness as well. I don't know. Um, 
but it was very interesting because that means he's been on the ice for 57 goals that went against the Blue Jackets, which is about a third for the entire season because I think they have 166 goals against. So that's about a third. Um, so I wanted to get your opinion. I, you know, Is this something that is kind of concerning? Is it not? Does it mean absolutely nothing? I don't know, but minus 27 seems pretty up there considering Zach is like a minus 13 and you know he's a defenseman he never leaves the ice he's always on the PK so on and so forth so anyways wanted to get your thoughts on it um and as always go Blue Jackets all right well it's a uh, it's a good question be honest with you Paul uh, is it a an issue yeah minus 27 is an issue there's no question about that um you know Oliver Bjorkstrand it's so funny, and, and the way you put it is right. I mean, he's one of the top scorers on this team. Seems like uh, he is every year, uh, the last couple of years anyway. That's just uh, what he does. That's where his forte is. But he's been on the on the ice for a lot of goals. But I also think that Oliver Bjorkstrand recently, up until just the last couple of games, up until he scored in Buffalo, he hasn't really looked like Oliver Bjorkstrand, has he? I mean, he hadn't gotten a goal since, like, January the 20th or 21st before he got the one in Buffalo, and he just was invisible in many ways. And that's not easy for me to say about Oliver Bjorkstrand because one of the things that I love about Oliver Bjorkstrand is that he always jumps out at you. But he just hasn't been doing that lately. So it is, um, you know, I think that goes hand in hand with why his plus minus is where it is. You know, he hit a lull, and he's not scoring goals, and all of a sudden he's out there for a lot of goals. And that plus minus thing, I've said this before and I'll say it again, uh, to me, sometimes sometimes it's bad luck. I mean, sometimes you just jump on the ice and you're in the middle of a change and, and the other team scores and you, your skates were on the ice, so you're going to get tagged with a minus on it, even though you had nothing to do with that play. Other times, you're the guy that turned it over and they put it in the net and you get the minus, and rightfully so. So, um, you know, I don't put a lot of stock into it, but once it gets to uh, a really high number, then it uh, that's when you start to look and then you start to say, what the heck is going on here? So... It's a problem for Oliver Bjorkstrand, uh, but he's starting to score again. The puck's starting to follow him around again, so that's that's what he's out there for. As long as he starts putting the puck in the net, and that number is going to whittle down, and uh, and it's going to get better from there. So that's uh, that's what I think about that. That's where I am on that, to be honest with you, Paul. So uh, appreciate you asking the question. And speaking of asking questions, I am live on Twitter Spaces. I know you're out there. I can see most of you that are out there and uh, that you're joining me here a little bit after lunch on a Valentine's Day. Blue Jackets on a three-game winning streak, getting set to play in Calgary tomorrow. So here we are all together. Might as well bring you on and get some questions. Let's start with Jordan. Hello, Jordan. Good to have here from you, Bob. How's, uh, how's everything going uh, with the uh, road trip so far? Well, everything's great so far. When you win three in a row, uh, it's hard to screw it up, Jordan. So uh, that's where we are right now. It's all good. You know, what uh, with the points so far, they're only three points behind Detroit. How, what would you expect uh, returns for? You know, with Danforth, how do you, how do you see him? Like with him not in the lineup, what what do you expect of him? Like just maybe recovering from the injury during the preseason. Well, yeah, I mean, he's here. He's been skating, so he's on his way back to full health right now. Um, he's getting close. I think that, you know, where it is right now, to be honest, you won three games in a row. Your fourth line is producing Jack Roslovic, Brendan Gantz, and Trey Fix-Wolanski. So 
for Danforth, even if he's ready to go, even if he's 100% healthy, why should he go into the lineup right now? Because those guys are playing well and they're producing. So I, I think that's kind of where he is. But, I mean, it, it, he's not on the trip, and he, he's, he doesn't come on this trip if he's not close it, to being ready to return anyway. So uh, he's here. But those guys are playing really well right now. So I, to me, it's still kind of a wait-your-turn type of a thing for him, even when he's ready. Absolutely. You know, I kind of had to figure, you know, how does it feel for Forcheck to be able to score his second goal of the season in 31 games after not, you know, able to score as many goals as he used to? What does that make Forcheck feel, in, you know, in Columbus as a comparison when he did uh, score for Philly? I, I can't answer how Jake feels. I mean, I don't know. It feels good to score a goal. There's no doubt about it. I, you know, he talked after that overtime win in Buffalo, and he said he's never gone that long between scoring goals before. And, you know, he's uh, he's a guy that was brought in to set up goals. You know, he's a great passer. He's a, he's a great playmaker, and, and that's what he does. But he wants to score more goals than he has. There's no question about that. So, um, I know that he felt good about that goal. More importantly, I know the team felt really good for him to get that goal because he's a very popular guy in that room, and they root for him. So, um, you know, that's the, to me, in, in some ways, that's a more important thing is, you know, he gets the goal, it wins the game, everybody's happy for him, and then it actually translates into uh, the next game. He had some good looks against uh, Montreal. He just didn't get a goal in that game. No, I believe you. You know, if Corby does ever decide to get traded, how do you think Paris It's not his decision, Jordan. It's not his decision. If it, if it was no, his no, no, decision, I, I I'll tell you this. You. I'll tell you this. I swear to God, right now, if it was his decision, he'd have been gone a month ago. And it's not because oh, exactly. he doesn't like the Blue Jackets. It's not because he doesn't like his teammates. It's because he wants no, to no, play. Exactly. Right? Okay. Right, right. Exactly. That's why I think he could still, if he if he does look for a contract extension, absolutely. I mean, it's up to, it's up to Yarmo to uh, whether he can that kind of spot or not, but you know, Tarasov has been a really good goalie compared to like what Elvis has done, you know, in the past few games. And I thought, you know, it looks great. Elvis has won his last it's, few games. What are you talking about? You know, even when he had it had his moment where he got injured and Corby had to step in, but you know, Elvis has done like a lot. You know, his team has stepped on defense a lot better than the last few games they've had. You know what I mean? It kind of, they work at an angle where they can help Elvis more than just, you know, than just him stopping pugs. Yeah, well, that that is always the key for the goaltender is uh, the way that your team plays in front of you. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I was a little bit confused, a little bit lost on that, to be honest with you, Jordan, but I... I appreciate you being on and uh, being part of this CBJ and 30. I, I mean, I think we hit all the goalies there a little bit and talked about them all in. We talked about them in some way. I can tell you that. Uh, we did talk about them in some way. There's no question. <laughs> Rebel Rhino wants to uh, join us here on Twitter Spaces, but uh, the Rebel's got to unmute before asking a question. There it is. Hello. Oh, hold on, hold on. Now it's my fault. Now it's my fault. There, you. I, here I am trying to get you prompted, and I was the one that was wrong. Go ahead. So, going back to Corpusala, with looking like the Oilers are interested in him, and a couple other teams, what team most likely do you think will want to take him? Like, will actually maybe try to get him? 
I don't know because here's what here like we sit in Columbus. I, I've said this for two years. The Edmonton Oilers, to me, their goaltending is one of their biggest problems, and I cannot believe that they have not addressed it. You know, Mike Smith was hurt this year, but even when Mike Smith is healthy, he's 39 years old. Um, you know, that looks like an easy fit. But there are so many other goaltenders that are out there, and it starts with Marc-Andre Fleury. I don't think that anybody thinks that Marc-Andre Fleury is going to finish the season in Chicago. And so I think a contender is going to take a run at him. There's been a lot of rumors about Colorado maybe trying to get involved in that. Um, who was the other one? I just saw the other day when it came to Edmonton, another name. There was uh, Pierre Lebrun with The Athletic. had done, I, I, I don't know if I saw it in the story or saw it on Twitter. Either way, but there were three goalies. Fleury was one, and this was talking about the Oilers too. Fleury was one. The second one was um, Yaroslav Halak, and the third one was Corpusalo. Here's my thing with Corpusalo. I'm just going to be quite honest and upfront with you here. If I'm a GM, like I know he's had great playoff success uh, in the past. And I, I watched what he did against Toronto in the bubble, and I watched him play the five-overtime game against Tampa, and I know how good he can be. But if you look at what his numbers are this year, or, or, I, I am not giving up something really valuable to get Jonas Corpusalo. I'm not because the numbers don't say that I should. And the other goaltenders that are out there and are available and their numbers don't say that I should. So that's what, to me, makes this a really tricky process when it comes to Jonas Corposalo. But, I mean, Edmonton, I, I, Edmonton needs a goalie. I, again, for years I've thought they needed a goalie. And, um, I mean, he's, uh, he would be a good fit there. I think wherever he goes, if he gets a chance to play and be the guy, he will do really well. I just don't know where he's going to go and get that chance. Yeah. So thank you for answering my question. Hey, thank you for asking the question. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for being on this Valentine's Day edition of the uh, Monday Mailbag brought to you by Telhio Credit Union. Nobody's told me. What do you love about the Blue Jackets right now? The three games in a row they've won, and it's Valentine's Day. What do you love about the Blue Jackets? Maybe Donald has something that he loves about the Blue Jackets. Donald, do you have something? Oh, gosh. Well, yeah. I, I love Patrick Laine as of late, like we all do, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> he is smoking hot right now, isn't he? Absolutely. And, and you know, we've been waiting for it. And, you know, I am, I'm, one, I'm on the, in the camp where I was giving him time to adjust after the, the, the first half of the season with his father. And so so, you have, and so you're a patient man, Donald. You're very patient. I a, lot, a lot of people aren't patient, but you're very patient. Well, you have to be if you're an Ohio sports fan. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I was just calling in just to see what your general vibe on line A is. Obviously, he's heating up now, and we've got the contract talk starting to get going, and we got trade deadlines going. So just curious what your, your temperature on the situation is and, and how you think that will end up playing out. Well, you know, when you talk about contract stuff, they still control them for another year, right? So, you know, you still have that in your back pocket. Um, I've said this before. I'll say it again. It's of my opinion. You are a team that is goal starved at times, and you have a guy that uh, once upon a time scored forty goals in a season for the Winnipeg Jets. Now he's on your team, and you see in these last couple of games uh, what he can do and how he can turn it on and and start to get hot and what a difference that makes when he does. Um, I, when it comes to trade deadline talk, he is not on my list at all. There is no way. There's no way, because even if you were to trade that man, 
you're not going to get what he's worth at the trade deadline during the season. That's a summertime trade that you have to make. You have to make a summertime blockbuster with that, in my opinion, because you know, you're going to make a trade with a contender, and then you're going to get a first-round pick, obviously, and then something else. But, you know, your first-round pick is going to be – it's probably going to be in the high 20s, right? It's going to be a team that goes yeah. deep. So, I, you know, to me is uh, – I like the guy. I mean, everybody really likes him right now because of the way he's playing. But I just think he has – he has tools that nobody else on this team has. Let's just be honest about it. And I like him playing with Oliver Bjorkstrand right now on the same line. Jody Shelley and I were talking about this uh, the other day when we were flying out here from Montreal. You know, with Bjorkstrand starting to find it again, that gives you a double threat on that line. Like, if you're if you're playing – if he's on a line with somebody that's not doing anything or is not a real big threat to score on the other wing, all of a sudden they can double-team him, they can take him out of plays. But when you've got Oliver Bjorkstrand there and, and he's starting to find the back of the net and get his confidence back, now that is a double threat on that line uh, for the Blue Jackets. And the defenders on the other side, they have to make choices. And uh, when both of those guys are playing well, sometimes no matter what choice you make, is you're screwed, right? So yeah, I don't uh, – yeah, to me, sure. Donald, I Patrick Laine is, is uh, no discussion for me when it comes to trade deadline. Do you buy into, like, I guess it's like the media and probably social media hype around the comments, like maybe him and Larson aren't exactly getting – I mean, it, when I listen to Larson in the press conferences, it sounds like everything's hunky-dory. But then you like have Lonnie talking to the finished press and people are trying to translate it and this and that. And I feel like sometimes people are just trying to drum up controversy just to do it and get media no, going. But, no, uh, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. What do you think they're looking for? Their clicks and views and, and <laughs> how many people read it? Really? Come on, Donald, really? You, that's. But, but you're not buying it, right? Listen, I'm going to tell you this. I'll tell you this from my pro sports experience over 30 years, okay? Mm-hmm. Um. The coaches and the players in the press conferences are there to um, answer the questions, and they're not, in many cases, going to air any of their dirty laundry in that setting. Do they always get along? No, they don't. Do teammates always get along? No, they don't. Uh, Do you always like every coach you have? No, you don't. Um, Are there conflicts behind the scenes at times? Of course there are. No doubt about that. But the fact of the matter is, you don't have to be in love with your coach. You don't have to be in love with your teammates. You have to do your job, and you have to be accountable. And uh, and winning cures all, Donald. Winning cures all. So, you know, it really doesn't matter. I, it, I, But I will answer you this way from this particular standpoint. I'm around this group all the time again this year, which is great. And I don't, I don't see anything. When I tell you that, to me, Patrick Liney needs to stay here and I wouldn't do anything with him, all of that is factored in. Like, if, if there was an off-ice issue that I felt was something that's going to uh, manifest into a real problem down the road, I'd have a different opinion. But I don't see that, and uh, that's where I am on it. How's that? Sounds good, Bob. Thanks. Thanks All right. For All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, as always. If you're with me here on uh, Twitter Spaces and you would like to get in and be a part of the show, you can do that. All you have to do is request to join. And I will be happy to uh, bring you up. Um, I don't know what this one is. What is this? Uh, be Julen Swag? Is, is is that what that is? Am I saying this right? This yeah. Twitter handle or Bjork Swag yeah. is what it is. Well, I mean, all right, go ahead. Explain yeah, yourself. Bjork Just explain yourself. 
Bejeweling swag. It's a it's a meme going around. We're just big bejeweling here, big winning here in Columbus. It's W's going around. Oh, right okay, now. gotcha. All right, I'm yeah. on board. I'm on board now. I'm thank you. You on board? Yeah. All righty. I'm I, glad hey, that I have you on board. I, you, you, you know, do, one you thing do, I'm, and I, I just want you to know that's what this show is about. It's it's always a two way street when it comes to educating. It's just not just me educating all of you. You can do it back the other way, which you have, and I appreciate that. Oh, no problem. But you know what? I one thing I love is Bjorkstrand finding his game. But what I really love is Trey Fix Polanski playing the way he is. Do you think he's earned a spot? on this team for the rest of the season going forward? No. No, I don't. No? No. And, I, and that's not a knock on Trey yeah. Fix Wilansky. I don't, well, I don't mean it yeah. like that at all. I mean, um, you know, if uh, I, I think he and Justin Danforth are very similar in their stature, yeah. in their style of play. And I think for Trey, um, you know, he was a draft pick of the organization, which is a good thing. He's, he's done well in the American Hockey League. He's come up here. He's made an impact. He's been noticeable. All of those things are great. But I am sure that if you were to ask Trey, um, do you feel that you have a spot? Can you be comfortable? The answer is going to be no, absolutely not, because he's only yeah. played a couple of games in the National Hockey League. And, and how many guys have you seen over the years that they come in like a house of fire and they're great, and you're thinking, oh, boy, this guy, he can he can buy a house and settle down, and a month later you're like, why is this guy still in the lineup? He should be scratched. He's not even playing well. You know what I mean? It happens right. all the time. Yeah. So I'm not saying that. I think Trey's a very good player. I think he has busted his hump every step of the way to make sure that he is going to be in the National Hockey League and he's going to do everything he can to stay in the National Hockey League. There's so it's it's not a it's so my opinion is not personal towards him. It's just a, yeah. a fact of life, right? It's, yeah, it's too early to tell. It is too early to tell. It's very easy and that's it. like I said, it it happens all the time. And it happens the other way too. There's plenty of guys that I've said, why is this guy still here? Why is he playing? Get the, what, like, what? who sees something in this guy? And then guess what? You give it a little bit of time, and you see what they saw a long time ago, and then you feel like a stooge because you ever said that to yourself or anybody else. But anyway, it goes both ways. Yeah. Is that it? You got anything else? Uh, no, nothing else. I, I appreciate you taking the time to answer. No. We just Big Buell in here in Columbus. Keep winning. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for being on the show today. Really do appreciate it. Once again, if you want to get on the show and you're on Twitter Spaces with me, all you have to do is uh, make the request, and I will bring you up and put you on. Let's go to uh, Twitter. i got a couple of uh, questions on Twitter that were sent to me at Bobby Max Sports. Uh, let's see. Charlie Go says, what is your favorite part about Nationwide Arena and home games for the Blue Jackets? Uh, you mean besides winning? Because that's what they've done a lot of, Charlie, at home this year. Uh, my favorite thing is when the cannon blast goes off, not after the goals. It's the one before the game, when the team first comes out on the ice from the dressing room, and they shoot the cannon off. And my favorite thing is the people that come from the visiting teams that aren't there all the time, and they don't realize that it's going to go off at that actual point in time, and it scares the living heck out of them. That's my favorite part of home games at Nationwide Arena, besides winning, besides winning. Uh, also, Charlie says, additionally, Line A is clearly hot right now. Do you think he gets a contract by the trade deadline, or do they wait until the season is over? I think that's a season over thing, not at the uh, trade deadline, Charlie. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, Curtis D. says, what is the ideal cap hit for Line A long term? Do you pay him more than Zach Wierenski? That is a good question. 
That is a really good question because here's the one thing that I think about Patrick Laine. He's doing great right now, absolutely great. But we've seen him not so great. Now we're seeing him great. Um, I think you have to uh, – I think you would – I don't – you have to is not the right way to put this. I, if it were me, would want to be careful what that cap hit is because I don't want to get into a situation – where I'm paying this guy a gazillion dollars for a long period of time and I'm not getting the production that I'm getting right now. So there's got to be some kind of a happy medium there. And maybe it's not an eight-year contract, and he'll probably want an eight-year contract, sure, but can you do an Austin Matthews kind of a thing and maybe do a five-year deal at a more favorable rate for you or something like that? So that's going to be be the tricky part of it, to be honest with you. Uh, Do you pay him more than Zach? You might have to. Uh, mm, boy, that's a, that's a great question. That's a question I don't, I don't fully have the answer to. That's going to be Yarmo's question to deal with. And, um, not, (laughs) not, I, I, that's, that, that's a big, that's a big decision. That's going to take a lot of time, I'm sure. And I'm sure that he's thought about it 10 million times and, uh, has, um, gone over it, uh, repeatedly already. Uh, what else do I have here on Twitter? Ari says, is it possible that Marchenko will join the Blue Jackets this season? I guess when the uh, when the KHL playoffs are over, when the team's out of the playoffs, that can happen. So um, I don't know. I know a lot of people, like this guy, this Kirill Marchenko, you know what he is for me? He's like um, Kaiser Sose. That's what he is for me because everybody talks about him. We've talked about him for years, never seen him basically. You know what I mean? Because he's been playing in the KHL. Like, is he coming this season? Is he going to be here next season? Uh, yeah, supposedly, but I don't know. Is he Kaiser Sose or is he not? Is he ever going to show up here? That, that's what I think of when, and Voronkov's the same way, right? We've been talking about him forever, and I know he has one more year left in the KHL after this one, but uh, it just kind of makes me laugh because that's what I think of. I can see old uh, Kevin Spacey limping along there, Kaiser Sose, right? Uh, does this guy really exist or does he not? Brandon Spears says, what is the rationale for those that are talking about trading Patrick Line? I can't imagine getting a more effective offensive star, and we have had enough first-round draft picks to fill a team, and half it seems, oh, we've had enough first-round picks to fill a team and a half, it seems. Uh, okay. Um, he, he also says, I just feel that we are perpetually trading good players for quote-unquote future prospects. First of all, I love the the use of the word perpetually. That is uh, not that doesn't happen often on Twitter. So kudos to you, Brandon, for that one. And um, I can I can see how you feel that way. I I, I see how you feel that way with the uh, future prospects thing. We are always talking about that, right? We're always talking about this draft pick, that draft pick. This guy's doing this in Europe. This guy's doing this in the American Hockey League. This guy's doing this in the Western Hockey League. Whatever it is, and. Um, you know that when when you when you put it like that, the other thing that I always think of, and we've said it this year, we've said it how many years? The Blue Jackets are the youngest team in the National Hockey League. Oh my God, I'm so tired of that, tired of that. But where this team is right now, that's where you're going. You're going to get young, and then you're going to add experience with that youth as it goes along. So I understand it right now. Like we were going into in that playoff run. Every year we're coming out being one of the youngest teams in the league. You'd be like, come on, let's get some more experience in here. But obviously it worked out. Well, it, it only worked to get one playoff round win. I know that's what somebody's going to say if I just say that it worked out. But anyway, 
uh, right now they're in a situation where it is about future prospects. It is about young guys. It is about that Kent Johnson playing for Team Canada in the Olympics and putting up points and getting great experience. It really is. And, uh, you know, I'd be really happy if Michigan got knocked out of the NCAA playoffs earlier than they expect and Kent Johnson could come down here and be a Blue Jacket. That would be that'd be all right. That would be just fine with me. So I do understand uh, what you mean by that, Brandon. I really do. What else do I have here? I have a um, – where is it? I think I have – a direct message here. Do I? I had somebody that asked me. Uh, dog on it. Now, of course, I can't find this thing where it is. Somebody asked me for a, a hockey 101 question. It was about uh, how do you determine who wins a faceoff? And really, it is determined by who gets possession of the puck. Like you can, you can pull it back as a centerman, but if the if the other winger jumps up there and grabs the puck and he's got possession of it, well, then, you know, they've got it. So, really, it is, um, you know, what team gains possession of the puck off the faceoff. That's how you determine uh, the winner of the faceoff. Let's go back to Twitter spaces here. David DeGood is next up on the show. So, David, welcome to the Monday Mailbag. How are you? Hey, Bob, I'm good. I appreciate the time, man. This is pretty cool. Um, really quick, you know, what we've been talking, you just talked about it, Jacket to the youngest team in the league every year, right? Year in, year out. Yep. At, at one point, I mean, you look at the future of this team, you look at the prospects, you look at the, the, the output that this team right now is putting out, and everyone thought we were going to be in the basement. We're not. Um, we're competing night in, night out. At what point do we just decide that the rebuilds can be done sooner than maybe we thought? And instead of selling, we start buying. Um, I think the cap space is there. The future pieces are there. Brad Larson sure is proving himself as a coach. Um, Patrick Liney needs an elite center. Uh, I don't know if Kent Johnson's that year one. Um, but at some point, he needs somebody, right? Otherwise, you do trade him. Um, but I think that's all about the future and where Yarmo sees this team in one to three to five years. Uh, I just think maybe the, the future is a little brighter to me and one to two years, then maybe Armo thinks. What are your thoughts about that? Thank you. Well, that is uh, – well, thanks, David. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's – look, it's a catch-22. I'm just going to be completely honest with you here. Um, I did not think this team was going to be in the basement. Go back to the beginning of the year and go back to the archives and listen to this show. And I said this team is not going to be as bad as everyone thinks. And I, when I say everyone, I mean the pundits outside of Columbus, I'm talking about the NHL media, the people in every other city. They saw what happened. They saw the guys that were leaving, and they saw that it was young players that were coming. So it's easy. It was an easy pick for anybody, any hockey writer, that wanted to decide who was going to finish dead last in the Metropolitan Division, the easiest thing in the world to do was to say the Columbus Blue Jackets. But they don't know the Columbus Blue Jackets. They don't know the guys that are still on this team. And that's why I said they're not going to be as bad as people outside of Columbus think that they're going to, but I will not promise you that they are going to make the playoffs either. Okay? So if you look at where they are today um, and just looking in just in the division itself, in the Metropolitan Division, they sit in fifth place and – they're behind Washington, but it is by a lot. 14 points. That's seven games. 14 points behind the Washington Capitals. Let's turn it into the wild card standings and 
look at the Eastern Conference overall. You've got the top three in the division, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and the New York Rangers, who are in a playoff spot right now. And again, we're still there's still half a season to play here, okay? Or there's still, you know, what does Pittsburgh have left to play? 33 games. So that's a lot. Um, then you've got in the Atlantic, Florida, Tampa, and Toronto, they are all they're all locked in. So in the wild card, you've got Washington, 61 points. You've got Boston with 57 points behind them. Then you've got Detroit with 50. Then the Blue Jackets with 47. So even at that, 10 points is the difference between the Blue Jackets and the Boston Bruins. And it, that's a lot of points to make up along the way. The schedule's going to get busy again. I mean, the schedule is uh, it's a sprint to the finish now. It's... It's not a marathon. It's a sprint. It's pretty much every other day. Uh, you're going to get back into the division here. You're going to get back into the Eastern Conference here. And, um, you know, it's it's going to be tough. I So, David, here's here's what I say to you. I, I, think, I think it is sooner than later, but I don't think it is now. I don't think you go out at this trade deadline and, and start to add. At this trade deadline, this is where – um, you know, Max Domi is probably going to go somewhere. Could Gus Nyquist go somewhere? Could. He's got another year on his deal, but he could. Um, you know, Jack Roslevic, do you look at that situation? I mean, Jack's playing on the fourth line now. Uh, do you do you make some kind of a change there? He is playing at the center position where you're weak. You do need those other players. Can Is Johnson going to come in and be an elite centerman? I, I don't know. Is he even going to be a centerman? I don't know. He plays on the wing at Michigan. I know they see him as a centerman here, but he's played more wing than he's played center. Is he going to be able to make that transition? It is a That's a tough go of it in the National Hockey League. Remember when Boone Jenner was drafted? He was drafted as a centerman. Then they put him on the wing uh, to let him learn the position, and he was so good at wing, the only reason he ever got back to the center position is because this team was in dire need. And then you have, uh, you know, Alexander Texier. They see him as a centerman, but, you know, they, they put him on the wing. He excels. They put him in the middle. He's gotten better throughout the course of this year when he was healthy. But he's still he's still learning that. It is, it's tough. Alexander Winberg, they did the same thing. He was a centerman, but they put him on the wing so that they could ease him in with less defensive responsibility. So when Johnson gets here, you know, to think he's going to go right to the middle of the ice and be an impact guy I think would be a foolish assumption. Um, he, he may play center, but it's going to take him time to to adjust to the National Hockey League as a whole, and then to the center position is is something completely different too. So, um, yes, I think you're going to get to the point where you're going to add. You're going to be a buyer at the deadline, but it's not this year. It's not this year. It's it's. Um, but do you do it? Does it come as quickly as next year? I hope it does. What do you think, David? Yeah, no, I think I. You know, I, I'm. <clears throat> I'm not naive to the fact that this deadline, we, we need to be sellers. We need to garner some assets where we can. Yeah, you got two um, first-round picks, quick. right? I mean, I you got Chicago's pick. One. You got yeah. Chicago's pick this year. You got your pick this year. They're hoping to get some really good quality players right there with those two picks. Uh-oh. We talked about Marchenko coming and uh, Johnson yeah. coming. So, you know, at least you at least you can look at it and you can say, <laughs> you know, unlike, quite honestly, you know, the year that they went for it, and I was all about them going all in and doing what they did. Agreed. With, when they did that, I, I am not. There are people that still complain about that, and I'm like, "You're stupid." That was the year, absolutely. Right? You know, you had to do that because you only get a certain window. But but now you're looking at it, and you can actually say, "Okay, this guy is coming. This guy is coming." And and they're and they're coming with, um, they're coming having done something somewhere too, right? So they're coming with credibility. Right. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. But absolutely. But yeah, I'm going to be really happy, David, when we can quit saying it's a, the youngest team in the league. Believe uh, me, I'll be the happiest <laughs> guy. <too. laughs> right. I, th- I, I think my my overall point was uh, I do think the future is bright in a year or two. Yeah. And I think if the Armo agrees, then why wouldn't you want to keep somebody like Lionel, right? But if yeah. he thinks hey, it's a longer term time horizon, then I think cutting losses with somebody like Lionel is makes sense as much as I'd hate to see it. Here's what, here's what I think when it comes to him specifically, my personal opinion. If you can't work it out money and term-wise, and, um, you know, if it's just something that's not going to fit for your long-term salary cap, then you have to consider it. Or if you're going to get some package that is just like knock your socks off and you didn't think you were going to get that, then I think you have to consider it. Outside of those two things, I'm not considering it. You know what I mean? I do. Right. I think that's a tough negotiation. I yeah. We can go on deck. We could, but we're not going to. But thank you, David. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right. All right. Great to have David on. We're going to go uh, back here to our um, Twitter spaces and uh, get some more thoughts, opinions, questions, whatever it is. H.L. Ott is next up on the show. How are you? Yes, no, maybe. Got to unmute. HL, you got to unmute. There you go. Oh, okay, cool. I've never done this before. <laughs> well, there you go. First time for everything. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. What's on your mind? So my question is, I'm curious because I've been seeing this going around constantly, and I actually have two Twitters, so I'm actually on the wrong one, but I have you on both. So Did you say you have question- two Twitters? I do. <laughs> All this right. is actually my author one, and I have another one where I write blog posts for Blue Jacket. Oh, okay. So so you have a burner account and a regular account. Is, is that what yeah, you're saying? kind of. All right, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so my question really is, I've been seeing a lot of chatter for at least since last year, and my question to you is, do you think they're going to get rid of Jonas Corpusallo? Or not? Well, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Just there, there's, here's the problem with goalies. It looks like it's such an easy slam dunk thing, and it's not. It's not because there are other guys with names and with past success that end up being available. And right. um, you know, like you know, I mentioned earlier, Yaroslav Halak. I mean, this is a guy that's been around the league with different teams. And he's done big things at big times. So especially when you're talking about the playoffs, those are the kind of goalies that teams are looking for, whether it be even as a backup, you know. They want somebody that has had success there. And Jonas has. You know, he had a great series in Toronto in the bubble. Uh, And that that still holds weight. But, again, his numbers this year are – they're not spectacular. They're not stellar. And uh, and that's too bad because uh, I I don't want this guy to leave whatsoever – but I would love for him to find a home where he could play because it's obviously not going to be here. I'm surprised he didn't play in Montreal the other afternoon. I thought because I was making jokes on Friday. I said, uh, "What is Corpusalo going to be the backup catcher in baseball?" Because they always get the day games, right? The Sunday day game. It's always the backup catcher. Sure. But he didn't even get that. Uh, Elvis played in that game, so uh, I would just like to see him go somewhere where he has an opportunity to play and you know maybe become somebody's number one. But I I don't know. I re- I wish I had to answer that question because. His name's out there. It's been out there for a long time. I Here's one thing about Yarmo that I, I think. I think that he, he knows what he wants when he's doing trades, and he's a very stick-to-his-guns type of a guy, and he's not going to – even if he comes off of his ask, it's not going to be until he has to. 
So I, I do give him credit for that because I think it would be really easy to to come down off your own demands, and, and he doesn't do that. So as we get closer to the trade deadline, um, again, I, if if he gets traded, it'll be of no shock to any of us, right? But if he didn't, uh, right. I guess I'm not all that surprised either. Now, just just for the curiosity of it, if Corpus Allo left, who do you think would now back up? Who would you pick as your favorite to back up, maybe from the Monsters, maybe in the league? Who would you say would be the best backup for Merce Lincoln? Well, I mean, if Tarasov is healthy and if he can play, then, True. you know, well, there's two things there, actually. Now that I'm saying it, i I got to think about this. Because he had the injury, maybe you want him to play games. So maybe you don't want him being the backup here. You want him to go to Cleveland and play all the time. Uh, I mean, that would be my choice. Like, he's obviously the next guy. So yeah. why, you know, the future can be now, maybe, when it comes to that. But if you do want him to play, then you can put him in Cleveland. Then, you know, uh, Jean-Francois Barube that is there, He's he's been in the National Hockey League before. And if you're looking for a guy just to play sporadically, um, you know, that's that's something you can do. Or, or let's say you do trade Corpusalo, and let's say you trade him to a team that is going to go to the playoffs, and maybe you wind up getting a goaltender back from that team. Maybe, you know, maybe their backup goaltender winds up coming back the other way in the deal, and you get a goalie in exchange, and then you've already got your backup. So that, I think that's a possibility and could happen too. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Thank you. I'm glad you figured it out how to unmute yourself and be on the show for the first time. Oh, absolutely. I'll be back. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Again, if you uh, want to get on Twitter Spaces, you can do that. You can just uh, you can just uh, request to be on the show, and I will bring you on. I had I had somebody here that I was going to call out and ask to ask their question live, but uh, I think they might have dropped off here. So Aaron is uh, who I was looking for there because Aaron did send a tweet. And Aaron says, um, I was listening and I was wondering, do you think that we have eyes on Claude Giroux from the Flyers? Uh, Maybe looking to pair him up with Jake Voracek. Well, that would be fantastic, right? That would be absolutely fantastic. But here's a couple of things. Uh, The asking price for Claude Giroux is going to be really high. And Claude Giroux, if he's going to waive his no-trade clause, he's going to go to a team that is in the playoffs and has a chance to win it. I think that's where he is in his career. And I think that's where uh, a playoff team is going to want uh, – they're going to be willing to make that deal as a guy to send him over the top. Now, as an unrestricted free agent, I'd, I'd love to look at it. I really would because, you know, Claude Giroux – I don't think it's going to happen, but I. But who knows? I didn't think Jake Voracek was going to be back here ever in a Blue Jackets uniform again either, right? But, um, you know, the guy is he's, – he's a true pro. He's the captain of that team. He uh, – you know, he's going to help whatever team he goes to. And and who's to say, even if they trade him, you know, there's a lot of talk about he could turn around and go back to the Flyers um, after the season when he becomes a free agent too. So it would be a great fit. It would be, I mean, it would be awesome, but it's going to cost you a heck of a lot of money. And, um, yeah, I mean, if it was fantasy hockey or if it was a video game, you could just plop Claude Giroux right between Jake Voracek and Patrick Liney. I mean that would be something, right? That would be that'd be a great line combination and a lot of fun to watch. Uh, what else uh, do I have here? Siebs asked on Twitter, um, "Have you heard anything more on Daniil Tarasov's injury and when he'll at least be back with Cleveland?" I haven't. 
Uh, I was hoping to catch up with Manny Legacy yesterday, but uh, that got crossed up a little bit. So that's one of the things I wanted to ask him about. So I'll try to find out the answer to that question and nose around over at practice later today and see where he is because, uh, well, there's a lot of interest in where that guy is, I'll tell you that, because he is going to be a very good player for the Blue Jackets. There is no doubt he is going to be a good player for the Blue Jackets. Um, you know, he's already shown it a little bit. He's a, he's already shown it in his uh, little audition that nobody was planning on him having this year. So um, he's that's that's going to be something to watch. We're talking about goalies this whole time. That that is going to be the next goalie thing to watch once Tarasov is healthy and he's playing back at the top of his game. And does he challenge Elvis Merzlikens for the number one spot here? That's going to be fun to watch. And it's if it happens that way, it's going to be good, too, because when it comes to goalies, it's always good. You, you want as many good ones as you can get, right? But you also want them pushing one another to make each other better. You want them to strive for that playing time. They've got to earn it. You just don't want to hand it out because there are no other options. You've got to earn it. So uh, that's going to be a fun, fun battle to watch somewhere down the road. Hey, this has been fun. I've enjoyed it. I've liked the uh, the early afternoon edition, uh, early afternoon for you back in central Ohio and uh, a late morning going on noon for me here in Calgary, Alberta. Remember, the Blue Jackets are back at it uh, tomorrow night. They're going to be taking on the Calgary Flames here, and it's going to be uh, the next to last stop on this road trip. And the game tomorrow night is going to get underway at 7 o'clock locally, which means 9 o'clock back in Columbus is when the puck will drop. And, of course, you'll be able to hear all of the action on the Blue Jackets radio network and watch it all on Valley Sports Ohio. And the pregame coverage on both of those entities will begin at 8.30 tomorrow night. I almost said 6.30. It will. 6.30 for me, 8.30 for you tomorrow night. So, hey, thanks for all your questions today. Thanks for participating on the Twitter spaces, I, I love this format. I love to be able to get in there and actually uh, to get your voice on the show and, and interact with you. You know, in the last couple of uh, years where we've added the, where people can record their question and send it in and get their voice on the show, that's been great. I've enjoyed that. But now to actually be able to banter back and forth is absolutely awesome. So thank you for being there today, even if you just listened, even if you didn't get on, even if you were just sitting there and listening and maybe it's your work day and you're really pretending that you're working today and you're not and you're listening to this, I'm all for that. So thanks for being there, whether you were listening or participating or both. It, uh, It has been great, and I have enjoyed every single moment of it. But that's going to do it for today's Monday Mailbag Edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. Don't forget about your significant other, you know. Don't forget to say, if you've already forgotten to say Happy Valentine's Day or to do something special, you're already in trouble. So you better get on it. You don't have a lot of time left. Again, tomorrow, the Blue Jackets and the Flames, 9 o'clock, pregame coverage at 8.30. Until then, Bob McElligot saying so long.